Hello and welcome to The 1909, the podcast that takes an in-depth look at some of the state news' biggest stories while bringing in new perspectives from the reporters who wrote them. This week, we will be talking about our most recent centerpiece, about Michigan State seniors graduating into the COVID-19 pandemic, and about MSU President Samuel L. Stanley Jr.'s first school year in office. Thanks for joining us. I'm here with Sarah Tidwell. How are you, Sarah? Uh, how are you? Pretty good, pretty good. Um, yeah, so your CP was the last CP of the entire school year, the entire semester, and it was about how seniors are graduating into this pandemic and, you know, kind of have uncertain futures right now. Can you talk a little bit about how you came up with the idea and decided to write it? Um, so I didn't personally come up with the idea. I was just kind of, you know, sitting around one day working on a, another story for Sports Desk. I think it was the COVID guide that I wrote. And I got a text from Mila and Mila was like, hey, I have this CP. I know you've been waiting to do one. Do you want to do it? And I was like, yeah, all right. And then Maddie emailed me like all the instructions she gave me, like because they gave it to me literally Thursday night and print deadline is Tuesday night. It was like like a five day gap to get this 15, 1600 word story in. So she gave me like a lot of direction. They definitely helped me out a lot. But um, I feel like it was something very important to write about because there are a lot of seniors and I interviewed like six different seniors but like obviously there's only two in the story but I I interviewed so many and all of them said that they were scared pretty much so I figured that you know okay this is actually a really important like thing to write about because everybody is terrified nobody knows what's going on so it kind of like I got sources from like alumni who also graduated into a recession in 2008 and I talked to them so that it and then I talked to um some professors of economics and then I talked to the career services and it just kind of like, this was more for the seniors, but like seniors were also included in the story. So that like those reading it knew that they weren't alone, but then like they also had, okay, here's stuff from career services, here's stuff from the professors, what they have to say. And then here's stuff from, you know, alumni who graduated 10, 11 years ago, who also went through the same thing. So, you know, okay, well, if they did it, I can do it too, that kind of thing. Yeah, what did some of the graduating seniors say to you? Uh, So I interviewed Matt Kremke and Aaron Fish. Um, Aaron graduated in 2007 and then Matt graduated in 2008. And they both kind of told me that, you know, when they started out, uh, Matt had a harder time than Aaron. It sounded like in our interview, but um, Aaron like backtracked kind of. She was originally in James Madison and then she like, I think she said she took a gap because she couldn't find jobs because, you know, the job market was completely crashed in 2007. And she ended up being an, like a desk assistant at a nurse nursing thing. And then th- from there, she was like, OK, actually, I kind of want to do this instead of law school. So then she went back to school for two master's degrees for um, and now she's like a nurse practitioner for mental health kind of thing. And then Matt also said the same thing about how he couldn't find a job. And he said he remembered having this like huge Excel spreadsheet with um, jobs he applied for, jobs he was needing to apply for, housings he was applying for, that kind of thing. And he did end up 
because of the recession going back and getting his master's degree because he also couldn't find a job. So as you can see, like both of these people were like, all right, I'm just going to go back to school because it's the most safe and I guess like secure shot that they had at that time because they couldn't find jobs. They couldn't find housing. And Matt also mentioned that like, because he went back to school for his master's degree, he is still kind of carrying around that student debt from the recession. So it's kind of like a weight that he's carried throughout, you know, the last 12, 13 years. But um, he, like, they both kind of mentioned when I, because I asked them all for advice for the seniors that are graduating now. And they both were like, you, like, it's, it's going to be hard, but reach out to people. You have to make sure that, you know, you keep your doors open, you take any opportunity you get because, it's always hard to get that first job, even not in a recession. It's hard to get that first professional job out of college, but they like it. They were, they just kind of like reminded, like we did it. You guys are going to be able to do it. It's going to take a little bit longer, but you're still going to be able to do it type of thing. Yeah. What did the students who are about to graduate, um, you know, here soon, what did they have to say? So I interviewed Colin Sutterth and then Josh Cassidy, and both of them said, um, well, Colin said it was more about the money thing right now because he is very worried about those who don't come from wealthy families because, you know, he said he got his stimulus check and he paid his bills, he got groceries, and he paid his rent and all of that kind of stuff, and his stimulus check is already gone. So he's kind of like, just been, he's been worried about how he's going to afford like his future because he wants to either go to master's, go get his master's degree, go to law school, or like just he wants to do something that requires like, I guess, a lot of money, obviously, because things do require a lot of money. But he's just concerned. And it's not only about himself that he's concerned about, he's concerned about like everybody who doesn't come from wealthy families and especially being like a first generation student. He doesn't really know what to do next because he doesn't have like that somebody else who's been through college to kind of guide him. So he's kind of he said he was in a sticky situation is what he called it. But he's kind of just, you know, going with the flow. He has an internship right now. He's trying to finish off. And I know he applied for like a stimulus thing. So he's just kind of figuring out what he can do because he's not going to be able to work this summer and he doesn't necessarily want to move back with his family but I'm pretty sure he said he was going to and then Josh was worried about he has two degrees so he or two yeah two do two degrees one is in theater and one's in economics so he has like this he said he set up like a plan and his tiers were like first tier is following his dream which is theater and stage management but he's also like come to the reality that theater's probably not going to be happening for a year or two after this is over because it's all person-to-person contact work and like you have your auditions you have like literally theater is all in person and you know that because you know that's your major too but um he said that his second tier is following something in economics and you know he even though he doesn't necessarily want to do that because it feels more of a fallback to him is what he said um he's still like looking for opportunities in that like area of work because it's a job. And then he's like, he's just going to build himself up. He's just following it day by day. And he like one line that sticks out from his interview was just like, you know, I'll get there when I get there. 
but it's just like step-by-step right now, that kind of thing. So they're both kind of concerned about the future, which obviously is something that you should be, but they both have like plans that they're going to get through it. Yeah. The other people you interviewed like at career services and stuff like that, um, what did they have to say? Did they have like any advice for students who are about to graduate and go into this situation? Um, they said that right now they're still helping students out. They haven't seen much use from the students, but they've been, they have maximized their website by 400%. And then, um, they are still doing like virtual career fairs. They still have job postings on their career board on their website, that kind of thing. So their website is still open and they're doing, um, virtual calls for resume and cover letter. Um, reviewing so that like if you need help with that that kind of thing so they're just kind of offering resources to the students right now more than anything because they know that it's like a confusing and trying time and they definitely need it but uh, um, the guy that I talked to Jeff Beavers also said that you know they aren't seeing as much student use and it's not just like our university when they benchmarked with a lot of other universities they also were saying like students aren't using their resources and it's because Um, They're going home and they're getting distracted at their homes. Like they want the semester to be over. They're concerned because like they're more concerned about the fact that they didn't get their last few months here at MSU or at their university. And they go home, they get distracted because they're around their family. It's, you know, quarantine. So they feel like they don't really have to worry about anything because everything's kind of shut down. Like you're not really in doing anything. But um, there's two ends of the spectrum kind of. And like there's the students who the ones who are distracted are kind of the ones that are like, okay, well, I was going to do my job search in the spring, but I, you know, can't now. So they just kind of gave up on it. And then there's like the students who did their job search and secured something in the fall semester or January, February kind of that are, you know, they're still kind of distracted from what they have to do, but they are they've kind of in a spot where they don't need as much help because they know what they're going to do as soon as this is over. Yeah, is there anything else that you wanted to say about your centerpiece? Um, yeah. Um, kind of just to wrap it up, I guess that, you know, it, I hope that it helps the seniors who do read it or anybody who, you know, kind of needs that support. Um, to know that they're not in it alone, that, you know, the entire graduating class across the country is going through the same thing, whether they're in high school or they're in college. Um, you know, it's a, it's a very trying and sad time, but we're going to get through it. And hopefully everything falls into place easily for you guys who are looking for jobs. Yeah, well, thanks for coming on and talking about yeah, your center. I am here with managing editor Mila Murray. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. So you wrote in our last print edition about um, President Stanley's first year in office. Can you talk a little bit about some of the things that he has done within this first year? Yeah, so I'll just start off by saying um, on April 1st, the editorial board had the opportunity to sit down with President Stanley. 
virtually, of course, um, for our yearly interview with the president. And he talked a lot about not only his first year, but also about how his background as a doctor affected MSU's response to COVID-19 and ways the university is providing for the community during the time. He also addressed changes in leadership and campus culture that he made during his tenure, and as well as the importance of making sure issues surrounding diversity and inclusion aren't lost sight of during the crisis that we face now. Um, as for his first year, he did talk a lot about his talks that he had with survivors. That was one of his goals um, coming into the position. He also talked once again, about some changes in leadership, um, including some personnel changes within the Title IX office, specifically Tanya Jackamack, who is now leading the Title IX office. What did he say about some of the biggest issues facing the university right now and, you know, what he's proud of during his first year as MSU's president? Yeah, so he said that the biggest issue was, of course, the impact of COVID-19 on Michigan State. Um, And he also said that Michigan State's response to this was what he is most proud of. Um, He's proud that they were able to get the university to move online only quickly. Um, He's also really proud about the fact that a lot of students within the College of Medicine, College of Osteopathic Medicine, and College of Nursing graduated early to help out with COVID-19. He also said some important or some big issues facing the university right now is diversity, equity, inclusion. He talked about the current search for a chief diversity officer that's happening right now. And he also talked about the importance of selecting a provost which is right now we're um, undergoing a search. Did he talk about anything about the school year moving forward? Like, I know there's a lot of uncertainty about classes and stuff. Um, He didn't talk about this during our interview, but in a town hall that Carly reported on, he, he and the interim provost did talk a little bit about the possibility of moving online for fall. Um, but it's still up in the air from my understanding. What was something that he said that like stood out to you or like one of the questions you guys asked? One thing I think is really unique about Stanley is that he does have a medical background. So he talked a lot about how his background in, you know, being a former doctor helped with his response to COVID-19 He also talked a lot about how his wife is currently working in one of the hospitals in New York that were heavily hit. Um, I also think an important takeaway from the interview was that, you know, one of his biggest concerns about the university right now are diversity, equity, and inclusion, um, especially with a lot of the racist events that happened this year on campus. And he talked a lot about how he's concerned that the COVID-19 crisis is sort of going to, you know, get in the way of a lot of the changes they're hoping to make, like that search for a chief diversity officer. Um, So he, you know, he's concerned that now that process is going to be slowed down a bit, and he's going to push to make sure that it's, you know, those issues aren't lost sight of right now. 
Yeah. Was there anything else you wanted to talk about in terms of the editorial meeting or the recap of his tenure that you wrote? We asked him about some of the goals that he laid out in the beginning of his time as president, such as making campus safer and making it more accountable and making steps towards changing the culture surrounding sexual assault. And, you know, we asked him, do you think you've been able to restore trust in the administration? And he said that we'd probably be better equipped to answer whether or not he's restored trust in the administration. But he also said that he really hopes that he's been good in that, especially with his talks with survivors and the changes in leadership that happened in the university as well. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on the 1909 and talking about all this. Thank you so much. Thanks again for joining us this week on The 1909, the podcast that takes an in-depth look at some of the state news's biggest stories while bringing in new perspectives from the reporters who wrote them. You can find more of our content on statenews.com and by following us on Twitter at The Us News and on Instagram at State News. This is the last episode of The 1909 for the spring semester. Thanks to everyone who's been listening.